Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day here in the best little city in America. You know it as Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are sitting in the beautiful studios at KSOO Radio in the southwest portion of the city, actually just tucked into the corner of Lincoln County as we uh, as the city expands south from here. We're going to spend a couple hours engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation. That's my hope. That's my plan. That's why we've planned it out. We're going to talk about some uh, local, state, and national news and politics. That's what we always do. But also, let's see what we got on the docket. Oh, civil rights, individual rights, individual freedoms. Freedom! We're going to talk freedom today on the show because that's what we like. And uh, we got some recreational uh, stuff, some uh, safety, some... uh, you know, driver education. Talk about all that stuff later in the show. Dan Peters is here with us. You know him as Uber producer Dan Peters, and he's in his slot in the news pod, just a mere feet from me behind a, uh, is that bulletproof glass, you think? No. Nope. I would venture not. Nope. So if I somebody hucks a chair or something, it's going right through. Well, they'd have to, to duck it pretty hard. Though. Yeah, that's true. And it's not that big, so the chair would probably catch some of the pain and, and you know, wood or the, the, the sill, the, the window. Yeah, sill, the framing. The will, framing yeah, yeah, would prevent it. But probably. why would you do such a thing? I don't know. You know, people get in here, they get all irritated at me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why they take it out on you. <laughs> no, that's bad. Uh, we're going to be here uh, spending some time. Uh, thank you for being with us on Information 1000 KSOO. Or a lot of you I know who stream it live at your desks uh, in various parts of the country. I know this because you you draw me notes, and I appreciate that. And uh, many of you folks with the KSO mobile app and our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. Dan, I had to stop and buy some gloves. I needed new gloves because it's cold. Now, does this mean that the gloves that you have worn for all those me- these many years you just haven't been able to to find them or here's they are the worn out or no here's the deal i had a really nice set of castelli which is a nice brand castelli uh riding gloves and i use them for when it gets really cold you know well it gets really cold i put the bar mitts on my commuter so that it's got like mittens built in which is awesome but you know, for like uh, racing and such, I had these. They were nice. I liked them a lot. And uh, last year went skiing over New Year's. Remember that debacle, the tumbling of the the tumbling oh, down the hill. Oh yes. Uh, and I I left one of them I think in the in the hotel room in Spearfish. I know. And it hasn't been that cold, so I've been able to make do. But now, now, uh, things have uh, the worm has turned, as we like to say. This is some chilly, chilly weather. And I'm going uh, racing this weekend up in the Twin Cities where it's always chillier. Uh, and so I had to I had to break down and buy some new gloves. So stopped at the bike shop, Spoken Sport on the way over to work today. Plunked down some cash. Bought some new gloves. And you're a better man for it. I don't know about that, but I better be a warmer man. This, you know, the cold... I, I I had to break out the uh, 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 the down sweater today, the down uh, uh, you know the coat, not the big one, 
the the kind of light down. But that's that's a sign that it's cold. And even then, I walked out and I was like, "Good God, man, this is awful." And then it started snowing a little bit. Did you see that this morning? I did not, but I heard reports about these things. Well, that's just a bunch of malarkey. Snow is not good. That's not. I'm On not October eleventh. Nagitch, as we would say in the old country. Nagitch. Or you know what my new catchphrase is, don't you? Which is? Oh, my geez. Oh, I have not heard that catchphrase from you. Yeah, I came up with that, I think, uh, um, I don't know, one of those trips a couple, couple weeks ago. And I just haven't gotten it worked into my my daily conversation yet. But I, that's going to be it. Oh, my geez. It's kind of a combination of geez and oh, my and, and various things you can't say on the radio. So that's, oh, my geez. We might have to have a segment called, oh, my geez. What do you think about that? That is something I think we can certainly incorporate. I think we can get this. I got to get it trademarked, though, because when it blows up, you know, and you're you're doing the merch, you know, you got the oh, my geez hats and the oh, my geez, uh, you know, overcoats and such. Oh, my geez, it's cold, you know. Oh, my geez, it's windy. See? It's huge, man. When you start thinking of the applications. I don't know. I'm thinking about the hashtag, oh, my geez. Oh, it'd be O-H. Is it oh, my geez or just oh, ma? No, it'd be O-H-M-U-H-J-E-E-Z. Oh, my geez. I think that's what we can do. Got to get that up on the Twitter. So we have some. Right, here we go. Got to get that up on the P. Lally Show account so we have proof, some sort of time-stamped deal. So when I go into the, the court on my uh, trademark infringement cases against the people who are making all the money off Oma G's, I got, I got some proof. It's sort of like the people who write songs, okay? And then they, they put it in an envelope, mail it to themselves, don't open it, right? And then put it in the freezer. So that they have proof that they wrote themselves, wrote this song, so nobody can steal it, right? That's your proof. This is our proof now. It's on Twitter. Oh, my geez. Hashtag O-H-M-U-H-J-E-E-Z. I like it. Oh, my geez, I'm late. Oh, my geez, the tires are coming off. It's official now. There you go. It's out into the Twitter sphere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so get out there, people, and retweet that with, with credit. Oh, my geez. It's got a, see, here's why I like it. It's got a Northern Plains feel to it. You know what I mean? It's got a little bit of that kind of uh, Scandinavian thing from uh, Minnesota. And then you can make it a little bit more Celtic. Oh, my geez. <laughs> oh, my geez. My toes are cold. Oh, my geez, the house is burning down. <laughs> you see? You see where yeah, it works for everything. That it does. Oh, my geez, somebody call a cop. Oh, my geez, I need uh, another 12-er. It, I, it's going to happen. I gotta, we got to get shirts. Oh, my geez, the pot is boiling on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my geez, what did I do with the keys? Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, my geez, Frankie, what you doing? It, 
It works. It works for everything. I like it. I think we got to get branded like Patrick Lally show gear, though. We got to talk to the bosses about this. We got to dip into the uh, promotional account. Get some get some swag. Oh, my geez. It could be whole oh, my geez. Like, uh, uh, what, did I, what did I say? Oh, wait. Whole H O H M U H J E E Z. Homages. That might be maybe more of the Latino version. <laughs> oh, it's probably oh is good because that's like a that's a Northern Plains thing. Oh, so like the ach, you know? Yeah, the the more German would be achmages. Yeah, achmages. <laughs> Well, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work. I'll take your suggestions on uh, for merch and for phrasing on Twitter. If you want to throw that at me, I'd be open to that. Uh, you can always drop me an email, patrick at kso.com, if you've got suggestions on our on our new catchphrase. Oh, my geez. Meanwhile, we've got a great show for you today. Libby Screen is here. She is a regular guest on this program because, well, I like Libby. And she is also the public policy director for the ACLU in South Dakota. And they've got a lot going on because they're very involved in the attorney general's race, among other things. And they've got they got all kinds of stuff going on. They're going to have a beer. We're going to talk about beer with Libby. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Smart Cyclist is in. He's our weird friend of the day. And uh, we have a very important public service announcement there. I will have a P&L statement right after the break here. And uh, today's, today's topic, uh, you know, fake news everywhere. Fake news! It's everywhere, people. It's everywhere. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, my geez, it's 321 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. See how I did that? It's gonna, I'm going to come into every segment with an oh, my geez. That's how you do this. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Yeah, that's, that's, we like to call that marketing. <laughs> it's time for the P&L Statement, where we look through the news and uh, chat about things that have us upset or disturbed or uh, enlightened in some way. Uh, um, we feel like learning is important here on the Patrick Lally Show. Uh, a couple things. First of all, the stock market, right? Whew. Ah, everybody's losing money. So uh, this is a story from uh, CNBC earlier in the day. Dow tumbles 650 points to new day, low on day, bringing a two-day losses to more than 1,400 points. It went back up a little bit. I think the closed at 530 down, or 500 somewhere. But it's been a kind of a trend here. Uh, so it's uh, two-day losses on the Dow, 1,400 points. The S&P 500 dropped 2.1%. It was on pace for a six-day losing streak, um, which is the S&P is uh, a broader average, obviously, and uh, the one that uh, I pay more attention to because that's going to cost me more money. But that's, you know, it, it happens, right? You know, we know these things. It, it, it happens. Corrections are part of the market. Because as we have said many times, the stock market is not the economy, right? So I'm waiting to hear that 
from Donald Trump, President Donald Trump. I'm waiting for him to say, you know, the stock market's not the economy. He probably won't say that. In fact, uh, we had a news story on earlier from ABC News. He's uh, He blamed the Fed. So, yeah, that's that's unfortunate, you know, because the Fed, you know, uh, is largely uh, keeps things in check. OK, that's what they do. And it's good. It's good. Uh, Trump said on Wednesday said the Fed was making a mistake by raising rates in a telephone interview with Fox News later that day. He said he wasn't happy with the Fed and that it was going loco. And there was no reason to continue to raise rates at the pace they were doing. Well, yeah, there is. There's a lot of really good reasons to raise rates. One of them is to control inflation, which inflationary uh, pressure is one of the worst forces in economics, destructive force in economics, because it's all in your head. So that's bad. But then there's this other story. Uh, this is from the New York Times today. Made and distributed in the USA, online disinformation. Uh, this is fascinating. The story says that uh, uh, basically... Um, uh, domestic groups are mimicking the tactics of the Russians in the last election, creating all these fake social network pages, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing, you know. So the lead on this is when Christine Blasey Ford testified before Congress last month about Justice Brett Kavanaugh's alleged sexual assault, an online news site called Right Wing News sprang into action on Facebook. The conservative site run by blogger John Hawkins had created a series of new Facebook pages and accounts over the last year under many different names. According to Facebook, after Dr. Blasey testified, right-wing news posted several false stories about her, including the suggestion that her lawyers were being bribed by Democrats, and then used the network of Facebook pages and accounts to share the pieces so that the proliferated online quickly, social media researchers say. So, yeah, so he's got a bad dude, right? Well, turns out there's a lot of these people on the right and on the left. There are now well-developed networks of Americans, Americans targeting other Americans with purposely purposefully designed manipulation, said Molly McHugh, an information warfare researcher. There is a title. Information warfare researcher at the New Media Frontier, a firm that studies social media. So uh, the shift towards domestic disinformation raises potential free speech issues because on Thursday, today, Facebook said it identified 559 pages and 251 accounts run by Americans many of which amplified false and misleading content in coordinated fashion. Uh, Facebook's going to take down the pages, uh, including right-wing news, which had 3.1 million followers, and left-wing pages that include The Resistance and Reverb Press, which had 240 and 816,000 followers. So this is the most uh, uh, pages they've ever taken down. Um, but, you know, what if you were just uh, voicing your opinion and had your page taken down? Right? Is that what you want? So uh, we, we go after the Russians, right? And try and get rid of their fake accounts. And we think, oh, yeah, that's good. And then they go after uh, Mr. Hawkins and right-wing news. And you think, oh, okay, well, that guy's clearly manipulating it. And then they go after the left-wingers. And they say, well, they're the same thing, you know. What if you had created uh, uh, several Facebook personas uh, to spread your opinion about News and information about politics, about social policy. What if they come after you? That's where it gets bad, isn't it? What is this, fake news? <laughs> Indeed, oh, it is, my friends. Uh, Facebook taking action against right-wing news and other domestic information would stem from 
stem some of the flow of false content, but only for a little while. Uh, this is Ms. Martinez saying uh, there is little to stop them from spawning off as a new page or account or just starting to build their network again. They can just keep trying to get around Facebook rules. You know, and that's, you can't, you, you can't stop, uh, you know, people who are intent on, on doing harm to the institutions at some measure. You have to be informed. You have to look at things and have just a little bit of skepticism. Don't believe everything that's on Facebook, people. Come on. You know, it's, it's, social media has become the new supermarket tabloid. You know, Bat Boy and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth in, uh, in a suit walking through uh, Hollywood. I mean, you know, these things are patently false and we all know that. So don't believe them. Don't do it. Look for reputable sources. It doesn't matter if you're conservative, liberal, or whatever. Reputable sources. Not some dude with a Facebook page. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Certainly send me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. I'd love to hear from you. We are on the Twitters at P Lally Show. Oh, my geez, we'll be back here in just a minute after the news and weather with. Mr. Dan Peters, and we'll chat with the smart cyclist on Weird Friends. Oh, my jeez. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 336 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. It's Weird Friends time of the day, and it's Thursday. That means it's the smart cyclist, ladies and gentlemen, who is in studio with us today on this beautiful, beautiful day in South Dakota. Michael, how's it going? Hello, it's good. Hello. How are you? Remember that Seinfeld episode? Hello. That's about where I get it from. Okay. <laughs> That's where most things come out. The Boon Man, I was talking to the Boon Man over the weekend. Yes. And, uh, he said, uh, he, we were talking about movies, and he, he is, was talking to his wife, and she, she watches movies on the treadmill, and he said they were talking about Johnny Dangerously. Remember that movie with Michael Keaton? Barely, but yes. Yeah. So he, he said, you should watch that movie. And so she watched it over the period of a few sessions. She came back and she said, so what you're telling me is pretty much 90% of the things that you've been saying for the last 30 years came from that movie. Yes. Oh, I shouldn't have let her watch that movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I get a lot of stuff from my time at, as an 18-year-old watching David Letterman. Yes. And um, Fletch, the yeah, Chevy oh, Chase God. movie. Fletch is some of the best <laughs> one-liners. Cujo? Um, <laughs> see? I mean, I say that all the time. And people, I'm, I'm like, Cujo. They don't know. Yeah. They're like, what are you talking Cujo, what are you talking about? There's no dog around here. Funny. Um, anyway, uh, other than that, uh, generally when you're here, we talk about cycling. Okay, which I talk about all the time anyway. And yeah. People don't care. No, they do. And then uh, uh, recreation, right? Yep. That's something we talk about. Sort of. Being outdoors, yep. Partaking, playing in the city, outside, playing, and a lot of uh, like uh, planning, urban development, and uh, 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 the traffic, and yeah. being safer, and in being more walkable, and all that in our, in our city. Yes. And now, now, you are re- uh, you're sort of uh, peripherally uh, involved in this deal, right? With there's a new PSA. Yeah, there's a new PSA that uh, has been made, video uh, videographed, rendered. A commercial, if you will. Put into video and viewable format. Rendered. 
Rendered. Way to use a technical term. <laughs> I'm waiting for my video to render. I'm going to go get some coffee. Always um, be rendering. <laughs> so this is, but this, uh, this PSA is really cool because it's about something that you and I talk about all the time. We've talked about on the show and that's the fact that nobody looks right when they turn. Yeah. Driver pulling up to an intersection, stop sign, red light, waiting for that right turn on red and looking left and looking left and looking for that space in traffic. Mm -hmm. And all sorts of things can be going on behind them while that happens, or while they're doing right. that. To, behind them to the right, they're looking yeah. left. Oh, they're looking left, so it's directly so, over their shoulder. Yeah, and, and all sorts of people can come up to that intersection, cyclists, walkers, all sorts of people. And, uh, and the PSA is basically, hey, drivers, Look right before you turn right. It's amazing how we don't. You and I were talking. Yeah. I was talking about my coworker who observed me turning right uh, just yesterday and caught me not looking right. It, because you, it's just natural. It's part right. of, it, it gets ingrained to you as a driver, right? You're, it's stop sign, red lights, whatever. You're, you're going to turn right into traffic. So you're not looking that direction. Yep. You're looking left. You're waiting for the gap. Yep. And just check yourself, people. Next time you pull up, just say, do I ever look right? Yep. And what you'll find is you don't. And it it only takes a glance right before you move your foot from the brake to the accelerator. Yes. Just just a little turn of the head. But yes, preferably before that foot moves, because if it move if the foot's moving, it might be too late. Because because the proximity of that person walker mm -hmm. biker to your to the front bumper is just so close that it doesn't take much time at all for that to happen. You know, I don't. I never really noticed this too much as a cyclist because. I don't ride against traffic on the sidewalk, and that's a dangerous thing to do, and this is why. Correct. But as a runner, uh, that's when you really see it. This is for the running community as much as anything right. because runners have it in their head to run against traffic, which is normally okay. But mm -hmm. how many times, I can't tell you how many times I've come uh, up to a corner and there's been somebody just sitting there looking the other way and – they're cr all the way across, you know, their nose is almost out in traffic the way it is and you got nowhere to go. And, and then they start rolling and yep. I have admitted, I have tapped on a few cars with my, with my knuckles. I'm here. I'm here. Look over here. Unduly scares people, but. It, but telling them that you're there is an important thing. And that's, that's the, the other side of that PSA is the message for the person on the sidewalk riding or walking, mm -hmm. facing traffic is that it should occur to them. It should occur to bikers that this person is probably not looking and will probably go without looking. Therefore, I should not step outside. I should not step out in front of this vehicle until mm -hmm. the driver turns. Mm -hmm. And that's a fun moment because usually you can get a kind of a kind of a little bit of a jump or kind of a little bit of a, oh, sorry, I should have looked to my right because you're standing there. Mm -hmm. You're well established you're in that space. And it's, oh. There's people over there. Yeah, you got to make that eye contact. You got to—that's the most important thing. Eye contact. If you're a, a pedestrian or a cyclist or whatever, because you don't—if they don't look at you, you're screwed. Yep. You could get hit or your foot run over. I mean, that's yeah. bad. Or uh, and you know sometimes there's, you can't always go behind them because there's other cars. And so this PSA is from the city. We didn't make it. Uh, we gave them data. We we put it out there as a public health issue from Fab. From uh, a variety of... And the bike, bike, the bike community. Yep. Yeah. A, a few of us uh, did some research. We took the state crash data, the crashes that have property damage of greater than, I think, 1,500 or personal injury. So that's how you get the 
bicyclists mm-hmm. in there. Um, but it has to be a, an injury accident. So, um, an injury crash. So, and we found, we went through hundreds of, I think two years worth of crashes and found that 42% of all car bike crashes are this situation. And so, so you, if you get rid of those, you're getting rid of a substantial number of car bike crashes. And so we put it out there as look city, this is, a, this is a health thing. If you had 42% of mm-hmm. 42% of people getting sick by this one thing, mm-hmm. well, you take care of that one thing. Cause mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a win. And so, so yeah, we did that study. Citizens did that study. Um, and we put that forward through the bike community and got that out and got that PSA developed. So, and the, so the city, uh, channel 16 people, that's, I don't they have other yeah, titles, the, but I yep. call them the channel 16 people sure. um, because that's the city's city uh, link city link. They uh, put together this, uh, a very lovely PSA with people in that we, you may recognize yeah. local people and it sort of recreates the situation, the situation, which is available now on our Twitter feed at Peel Alley show. I'll give you the link. Okay, so good. You can go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's on YouTube, readily available on YouTube. Watch it, share it. So, what is going to happen with this, other than you know us sharing it on well, our Twitter feed for right now? Because it's off season, mm. it, there's not going to be a big push behind it. Um, just the timing of when it got done was was bad that way. But mm-hmm. it'll it'll hang out till May, till Bike Month. Bike Month, and uh, maybe we can do some work on it then to get it in front of a broader audience. Like we might get it on some TV stations. Wouldn't stuff? that be neat? <laughs> like the the free PSA services that yeah. that stations have because it's, be it's a worthy and yeah that the city link guys do remarkable and really good work and i love the stuff that they do so yeah so that, that's pretty cool yeah. i mean that's a that is a city responding to uh citizen input and need totally absolutely that's why it's yep. great to live here right yeah it See, is. people complain it is people complain about the, the about city government and i hey i've taken my shots <laughs> i'm gonna admit that but you know i talk about the parks department all the time yeah, I see these guys out there, you know, they're they're scraping goose uh, dung off the bike trail. They're blowing the leaves off, you know. Yeah. They, they they do these things to make this a better place to live, and this is just one of those things. Yep, it is. So thank you, dedicated public servants. Yes, absolutely. Uh, were you happy with the way it turned out? Yeah, I do like it. I have some questions about the talent, but we can take that off air. Okay. <laughs> we will. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thank you to the folks who gave their time to do that. Yes, all volunteer effort as far as the uh, the talent goes. So. And, you know, that's the thing about the cycling community and, and some of the other, uh, uh, you know, whitewater people, the skateboard people, um, the interest groups, they, in, in this community, they bring it, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they make are. things happen. Yep, they put the energy into it. They realize that it's going to take some time and some effort and uh, they do the work and keep it, keep the ball rolling until something good happens. There you go. Um, We're going to come right back and talk more with the Smart Cyclist right here on the Patrick Lally Show, home of Oh My G's on Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty nine on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we are chatting with the Smart Cyclist Michael Christensen here during Weird Friends. Uh, it's, it's been cold, but it's going to get warmer and that means it's there and there's, cause there's all kinds of really cool rides coming up in the fall. It's a wonderful time to be out and about. Um, first of all, Elmwood Forest Cross race coming up, uh, a week from Sunday. Yes. And, uh, you and I are involved in the organization of that. We are. We're inviting people to come out and just have a good time. Even if you don't ride. Elmwood Park down there at F- Kiwanis and Russell. Yep. Right across from the golf course. 
And uh, yes, it's in a lovely, it's a lovely little park with a forest in it. That's why we call it Elmwood Forest Cross. That's right. And uh, I think we're going to incorporate some of the jump track in there. That's now abandoned. Well, that yeah. sounds exciting. Yeah, we're going, we're going into the trees. Some baby. whoops. <laughs> we're going to do some whoops, or as uh, our friend John Barry would say, we're going to send it. Send it. I don't understand what that means, other than it's a jump. It, yeah, it's just letting go of the brakes and putting okay. it out there. Send it. I don't. I can't. I can't pull that kind of thing off. But <laughs> so that's that, why there's John Barrys out there. That's right to demonstrate. Those people can break their collarbones. Uh, so yes. a week from Sunday is that. But there's uh, there's other stuff going on. Yeah, the day before that, uh, Fab's doing that uh, eighty and eighteen ride that they've been doing every month. That's the the parks picks eight parks department picks eight parks to highlight each month and. And it's that's their initiative for the community of Sioux Falls, but Fab kind of jumped on board with that, and and has been doing it every month since every month of the since year. January, and and so Fab rides their bikes to those parks. Are they are they going to make it to all eighty? Um, I think there have been some shortcuts on <gasps> on bad weather days. So <gasps> so the idea being, we'll get the majority of them for you. You can go visit the others on your own. Okay, so. you could do one like at the la- like uh, you know towards the end of the year, just do a big pickup. Get the just, rest. Just go out and knock them down. Get a bus. <laughs> get a bus and take it around. <laughs> That'd be good. And then the awesome Hello Tweed ride. Oh yes, the Tweed ride, October twenty eighth. So it, what used to be the Tweed ride, where people would get on there. Their wooly tweed jackets mm-hmm. and their smoking jackets and their sporty Caps. hats and their old bicycles if they have them. Um, it, was, it always, I think the argument was that it always seems kind of warm that day. Mm, and so we pushed it to the end of October. And now it's going to be about 30 below. No. 30, no. It's going to be nice. Yeah, it's going to be nice. And we're pushing that to the end of October, calling it the Hollow Tweed Ride. So your tweed will be your costume and and come out that's a nice family friendly thing downtown mm-hmm. um 3.5 miles roughly around mm-hmm. downtown um there's usually always treats involved in that sort of thing too yes always so. treats uh we had a lovely time last year uh there was a lot of tweed i i've been on the lookout for some better tweed oh yeah yeah i need i need i need some quality tweed I, I didn't. I didn't send it like I needed take, to take that ride up to the next level. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly it. I need a nice tweed jacket. Do you have Any, the knickers? Do you have knickers? That you no, can, but people do. Some, yeah, and some socks that go up to the calf. And you know what? I actually I do have a pair of like those knickers. Well, I have a pair of cycling knickers, but I have yeah. a uh, you know like manpreys. But I have a I have a pair of pants somewhere that we got for uh, somebody's uh, ba- like bachelor party wedding. Uh, a golf extravaganza where we all had to wear these things. Uh-huh. I wore them one time, you know, 12, yeah. 15 years ago. But right. they got to be in there somewhere. Sure. Break those up. And were they full length? You could cut them and have them? No, they were... T- they, they were, were, they were calf length? Yeah, down yeah. to the calf. And then okay. we had some really tall socks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But it wasn't about. tweed. Oh. Yeah. It'll pass. <laughs> nobody's going <laughs> to nobody's gonna touch it. No, that's true. So... Uh, that's going on. Those are rides are all going on in town. You and I are going racing this weekend, right? Yeah, we're let's going, go racing again. We're going up to Green Acres in uh, St. Paul. No, it's Lake, Lake Elmo. Lake Elmo, Minnesota. It's gonna be, it's gonna be so nice up there because it's been so bad here. <laughs> I don't think they got as much rain up there. Here's hoping. So yeah, we're going to Elmo, uh, Lake Elmo, Green Acres, Saturday and Sunday. Are we in blast. any of the same races? No, you're doing. I'm four or five. 
Okay, both days. Yeah, and I'm yeah, so I'm different because I have a tighter schedule and other places to go, like marching band. But it's a huge race. Really. Yeah, that's it is. Um, we picked that over some other ones because because that's the big deal. Is is it the biggest deal in Minnesota I th- cyclocross? I think it is. Okay. Other than the state championships, maybe. Right. Right. But I think it's the biggest race of the year up there. So. And and that is made extra special by their prize giveaways, oh, I understand. Yes. Like everyone wins something oh, substantial. Do you have to leave? Right. And I did last year too. You missed the raffle? I did. And I know that's a key part of it. And I have, I will. All right. Marching band's over in a year and a half and it will be sad. <laughs> but when one thing comes to an end, yes. other things begin, yes. including the Green Acres raffle. Well, we'll report back on how much stuff I win. Uh, next week when you're here. How's that sound? That sounds great. Cool. And look forward to spending that weekend with you and yeah. the rest of your team. It'll yeah. be great. Parallel 44 Racing, power presented by Sanford Power, so that'll be great. Uh, the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen, thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with Libby Screen of uh, ACLU of South Dakota on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show. Stay with us after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to talk with Libby Screen of the ACLU of South Dakota. Coming up next on Information 1000 KSOO. Is a crime. 407 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We play the clash, know your rights, because we are joined by Libby Screen, who is the Public Policy Director for the ACLU of South Dakota, who wants you to know your rights. Yes, I do. Thanks for being here, Libby. Thank you for having me again. Uh, and I, I, that's one of my regular songs, but I moved it out of its regular slot into this one just because you're here. It is very applicable. Yes, I appreciate I like it. it. Uh, Joe Strummer would be proud. Um, uh, of course, you are the Public Policy Director for the ACLU, and we like to have you in uh, to chat about various issues that are before us. Uh, but the first one, the thing I want to talk to you about here, uh, is is not so much an issue as it is just a fine, fine development. You guys got like your own beer. What What is the deal with this now? You teamed up with Fernson, you got your own beer. Yes. So um, tomorrow night at Fernson at 6 p.m., they are having a release party for their People Power Pale Ale. Uh, Fernson is actually one of 77 breweries across the country that's participating in this um, challenge or this event to raise money for the ACLU. Um, it's a nationwide initiative, and all of the breweries are releasing their beer before Election Day. Uh, 10% of the sales will go to the ACLU. So you're having this uh, event tomorrow at, do you know if it's at the out at the, the downtown ha- tap house or it's out at the uh, Yep, brewery? it's Fernson on 8th. Okay, um, cool. The address there is 201 North Weber. It'll okay. start at 6 p.m. Uh, you'll only have to listen to us talk for about five minutes about knowing your voting rights and some of the things we have planned for Election Day. And other than that, you can just have some beer, hang out, and talk about knowing your rights. And beer for everybody. Exactly. Uh, but you got to buy your own beer. Um, <laughs> so people power beer. This is probably so it's a, like a collector's item can as well. I would well, imagine. I don't know if they're making a can. No cans? Uh, no cans. They have a whole cannery out there. I know. Well, especially after the zoo brews. I uh, love those cans. So I was hoping yeah. we'd get our own. But it, This yeah. is on tap at uh, Fernson on 8th. Lovely place. Like yes. that place a lot. Yes. Uh, so uh, thanks to those guys for doing that. And and so it's a sale, it's a fundraiser. You get mm-hmm. a cut. That's the deal. Yep. Ten percent. Ten percent. That's so. Do you get ten percent of everything locally, or how does that? Is it all going to a big pool, and then 
it comes back, it's dispersed back. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, but 77 breweries across the country, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. We're really excited that we can have something local here in Sioux Falls, um, sort of bring our supporters together, talk to people about the ACLU, uh, and just have a good time. And uh, uh, how, what is your position on beer? Uh, we are pro beer. Okay. That's just, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, it was apparently started in Brooklyn, which all, all things like this start in Brooklyn, Yeah, right? Brooklyn has nothing on Sioux Falls. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, take <laughs> me in. It's a great uh, uh, Avet Brothers song. Maybe we should play that later. Anyway. Uh, so getting back to uh, uh, the uh, uh, issues of the day, um, uh, the election is coming up. And this is your last time here before the election. Yes. Um, and you guys have been uh, focusing pretty heavily on the AG's race because criminal justice. And yes, all. absolutely. Uh, how's that? How's that going for you? It's going well. I sort of feel like we're in the final stretch. The election's coming up. Um, so at this point, we're kind of doing two things left. Um, still drawing attention to the AG's race. We want everyone to know that there is uh, the one and only attorney general's debate tonight. It'll be on SDPB at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we think that that's a really great way for people to hear from the candidates mm-hmm. themselves, hear how they debate each other, and really find out a little bit more about where they stand on the issues. Um, you know, when we're undertaking this endeavor, we've noticed that the attorney general's race just generally gets less coverage mm-hmm. than other high-profile races. Um, so we really are hoping that people are going to take advantage of this opportunity to hear from the candidates themselves, uh, and we'll tune in and and express their thoughts on what these candidates have to say. It is interesting, and you and I have talked about this in the past, is that uh, we haven't had an actual competitive race. Sometimes there hasn't been any race for AG in the general election for many, many cycles. Yeah. Um, so this is a chance to, not not saying that just because there's an actual Democrat in the race, that, that it, you know, not endorsing anybody here, mm-hmm. but... This is an opportunity to actually talk about the issues that are very important to uh, criminal justice in this community. Do you think that having that uh, that uh, race, a little bit actually competitive race, has brought some attention to these issues? I think that that has brought attention to these issues and also the fact that um, neither of the candidates in the race are an incumbent. So mm-hmm. we know that whoever wins is going to be new at this whole AG thing, and I think that naturally sort of lends itself to people t- paying a little bit more attention than they do normally. And. Uh, so what are the issues for you as you look at this? Um, typically, we've talked about uh, 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 prison population, like yeah. sentencing, right? Absolutely. And that, that remains a focus, correct? Sentencing, um, the way the state uh, looks at drug crimes, the way these candidates in particular were really interested to know how they stand on issues like meth and opioids and how they have a plan or whether they have a plan to address those issues. Um, You know, for a long time in South Dakota, we've been a very tough on crime kind of state. And we're seeing our our prison population numbers increase, especially the women's prison. um, And that doesn't appear to be on a downward trend. So whatever we're doing is ending up with more people in prison and we want to hear solutions other than just locking people up. And why does the ACLU care if whether we lock people up or not? Well, when you locking someone up is one of the biggest ways you can take away someone's rights. Um, you know that in and of itself is an issue. But also, once people are branded with a felony record and get out of prison, there are a lot of issues related to fairness and and due process and whether or not we want people to reintegrate back into society and whether we're actually giving them a chance to do that through our laws and policies. And uh, through this course of this uh, campaign, have you gotten any clarity on the positions of the candidates in terms of how they would address these issues that you feel are 
paramount yeah we've gotten some um so as you know we sent out our candidate questionnaire a while ago we Mm -hmm. got responses back from randy seiler we did not get a response back from jason roundsburg um so between that and just generally paying attention to the news coverage and the interviews that both candidates have given um we've gotten a little bit more of a sense of what their priorities are um i will say that we've heard randy seiler in particular talk a lot about things like community-based treatment and actually treating addiction and working to keep people in communities and overcome addiction rather than locking them up. Um, I would like to really hear more from Jason Roundsburg about that. Um, He has talked about a meth prison. He's talked about um, getting rid of uh, some some forms of probation or, or presumption of probation. And it seems like those are moves that would end up with more people in prison. And mm-hmm. I would like to hear if that's the goal mm-hmm. for him and what his policies are and what his vision is for our system. Because as you said, uh, the, the attorney general doesn't just prosecute the cases. The attorney general has a huge influence on the policies. Absolutely. On the policies, both um, within their own office and on legislative policy generally, right? We see the Mm -hmm. attorney general um, testifying on legislative matters all the time. So that's a lot of influence to have in one office. And I think that voters deserve to know where the candidates stand on the issues that ultimately um, are going to affect their lives. So the only debate is tonight on uh, South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Uh, do you know if that's both radio and television? I I'm don't. I sure. know it's television. I know yeah. you can also stream it online, but yeah. I don't know if. Um, but that's always uh, it's public broadcasting, so that stuff's always available online yes. afterwards. So which is nice. Um, given that that's the only debate, and that it's the AG's race, doesn't get a lot of attention. Are you? Uh, I don't know. Happy, satisfied, disturbed. I don't know how to characterize it with the media coverage of the AG campaign? Um, I would like to see more. You know, I am always in favor of, of more information. And I think there's something unique about our criminal justice system in that it is a big part of our budget. It affects a lot of people in South Dakota, but the, the issues themselves are kind of complicated. And so sometimes they don't get as much coverage mm-hmm. um, as I think they deserve. So part of our goal within our Smart Justice campaign was, of course, to inform people about the attorney general's race, but also to put these issues that affect all of us and that are part of our system um, into more of the public consciousness. You did a lot of work on this uh, as the ACLU uh, bought the billboards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you've been doing interviews and such. Yes. Uh, what would you are, are you happy with your campaign do you think that you have pierced the public consciousness in any way that is different from previous years i think so um you know of course we're to some extent in our own bubble where this is all we talk about all the time so mm-hmm. it's on our radar but i do think that we have seen more coverage and more public discussion about criminal justice generally so i mean i'm happy with the way our campaign has gone i've always said that this is sort of the beginning in a multi-year campaign um mm-hmm. so it's certainly not the end but as far as our first shot at this style of work and really trying to get this in the public consciousness. I feel good about it. Speaking of living in bubbles, uh, welcome to mine. Um, So I don't necessarily see all the news coverage out there Mm -hmm. like you would. Um, When you leave uh, uh, this, the the best little city in America, um, do you get different? How's the coverage once you leave? I mean, basically that becomes uh, uh, weekly and, and smaller daily newspapers and and some radio mm-hmm. and uh, different things like that. Is this a discussion that's happening away from here at all? Um, I think so. I think people tend to see criminal justice issues um, only in ways that that actually impact their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at, at a glance, a lot of people think, well, if I don't know anyone who's been arrested, 
then why do I care? And I'm not going to get arrested. Right, right. But My then you rights start, will never be violated. <laughs> you start to think about things like um, who knows someone who's suffering from an addiction mm-hmm. and how easy it is for someone with an addiction to end up in prison um, and sort of that ripple effect. So I think it does uh, span out, but the issues, depending on where you are, kind of tend to be a little different. We're talking with Libby Screen. She is the public policy director for the ACLU of South Dakota. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit after the break about uh, election day that's coming up and some of the things that they want to do to get your hinder, your hinder out there to the polls. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 423 on the Patrick Lally Show. Oh, my geez, I got that wrong. Information 1000 KSOO. That's my, you, I don't know if you know this or not. I saw, I saw on Twitter that you yeah. have a new catchphrase. New catchphrase. Oh, my geez. <laughs> guy, and you need to start using that, but I need credit, you know. Yes. Because when, the, when I start making the, the, the merch. There you go. You know, maybe we could co-brand. Yeah, ACLU and Oh, my geez, how'd I end up in jail? Ooh, ACLU I like that. Twitter. Really bring attention to the issues. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my geez, get out and vote. <laughs> See, it just, it works every time. Attention grabbing. We're yep. going to get everyone registered. Yep. And I'm going to make a ton of money. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. We're talking with uh, Libby Screen from the ACLU of South Dakota. Back to some more serious things. So it's election day uh, 6th, November yes, 6th. Yes, November 6th. It is coming up. Um, we are also coming up on your deadline to get registered. Oh, so if yeah. you are not yet registered, you have to do that by October 22nd. And Because you can already vote. Yes, you can already vote. We've actually gotten a lot of questions about early voting and absentee ballots. And some people are wondering if absentee ballots are just like regular ballots and if they are counted. And the answer is yes, if they are. Oh, they're just suggestions. Yes. Well, there were all these rumors going around that they were only counted if the margin of the race was really close. And that's not true. They are always counted. The thing is, is that uh, what we like to call now early voting uh, is an increasingly large portion proportion yeah. of the votes i think it was up to 20 percent last time i don't know i know pulling that out of my head there was a story out of uh rapid city pennington county so last election cycle in 2014 um uh, they had about 1600 people who have voted at this time of year um and they're reporting that right now they've had like 2600 votes already yeah well because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you um skip the lines on election yeah. day you know you know what i don't know do in minnesota i know this is true because uh, I just learned this the other day, you can actually rescind your early vote if you change your mind up to a certain point. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing here. I don't. I've never heard that here. You can also register online in Minnesota, mm. and that is something that is not possible here in South Dakota. But I would strongly recommend that we do that. And I think in North Dakota they have uh, same day registration. Like you can walk up on election day, register, and vote. I think they call it. They say they're the only state that doesn't have voter registration. I mean, you yeah. still have to, you know. But that's a good thing too. Yeah, there, there's some fishy stuff going on up in North Dakota right now around voting. Oh uh, no! So, you know, there's some that's voter good... ID issues. Oh, um, I saw that. That the like, Supreme Court yep. uh, turned down the case, so people in North there's a little confusion going on up there with their elections. Well, they've been confused for some time. They have. But uh, back here in South Dakota, on Election Day, uh, you guys are, uh, if you need a ride, I mean, you guys are going to be heavily involved in some get out the vote. Not partisan. Yes. Normally, this is associated with partisans. Yes. You just want people to vote. Yes. So we have um, three things going on on Election Day, which is November 6th. 
One, we're going to be having volunteers outside of polling places across Sioux Falls handing out our Know Your Voting Rights pamphlets um, to let people know how to resolve some of the issues they could potentially run into on Election Day. Um, Basic things like what do I do if I don't have an ID or Mm -hmm. what if I need a provisional ballot? Um, excitingly, we're going to have a hotline where people across South Dakota, if they run into issues, they can give us a call and we'll walk them through the process. What's the hotline? Um, the hotline number is 605-368-0644. And that will run from 7 a.m. Central to 8 p.m. Central. And that'll be on our Twitter feed at Pulaoli Show. What do you think of that? I think that's fantastic. I will retweet that. <laughs> um, <laughs> The last thing going on on Election Day is that we here in Sioux Falls have a bunch of volunteers who have committed to provide rides to people who need them. Um, I know at least one of our vehicles will be a van that is wheelchair accessible. So if you or anyone you know needs a ride to their polling place on Election Day, you can either sign up on our website, which is aclusd.org. Or you can call us at our office, and I can give you that phone number, too, if you want. Fire away. That phone number is 605-332-2508. There you go. All kinds of numbers and information on our Twitter feed. It'll get retweeted by ACLU. But any huge. Um, we're going to come right back. Oh, my geez. We're almost up against oh the news. Uh, and we'll be talking more with Libby Screen from the ACLU of South Dakota. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Information. 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're chatting here with Libby Screen. She is the public policy director for the ACLU of South Dakota. And I I love having Libby in. She comes in about once a month and we talk about your individual rights and freedoms. And so there you have it. Also, fast talker, just like me. So (laughs) we cook right along. Uh, And we've been talking about the election and and, and some stuff you guys got going on. And, And reminder, the only AG debate is tonight on uh, public broadcasting, 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Mountain Swinging Time. Uh, and uh, you guys have been really involved in that. Just a reminder, you can watch that and then probably in replay. Uh, but you you got other stuff going on uh, surrounding the election, including a get-out-the-vote effort. And this uh, thing I saw recently, uh, uh, some press release I got randomly uh, from the ACLU, you've got this... Uh, you're doing resources for Spanish-speaking population. Tell me about that. Yes. So um, every year for the past few election cycles, we have put together Know Your Voting Rights brochures um, in English just to inform people, here's how you get registered, here are the important deadlines, here's the process. Um, and this year we figured that we were leaving a lot of people out, so we wanted to get those translated. And so this year we have done those in Spanish. Um, we've also done some of our billboards in Spanish. Uh, which is really exciting to be able to provide those to people who either prefer Spanish or maybe can't read English mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, so we've got those available, and we also have the same brochures in Braille. Um, oh, really? Yes. I mean, we can't put those online, so we only have a few physical copies, mm-hmm. but if anyone needs one, we would be happy to provide those. No, that's pretty cool. So uh, uh, how many uh, of these uh, uh, Spanish um uh, brochures and such do you do? I mean, what's the what's the reach here on something like that? What do you think I the population is that's interested in that? I'm not I'm not sure how big it is, but mm-hmm. it's su- substantial enough that w- that we think it's something we should be paying attention to. Um, you know, certain districts in South Dakota have higher rates of non English speaking natives, mm-hmm. um, and one of those is in South Dakota District 15. I think has the biggest population of non English speaking people. And where's District 15? That is Central Sioux Falls. Okay. Yep. Um, it's also the most densely populated district, I think, in the state, if my if my memory fails me. 
Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah. So we just want to make sure that, you know, voting is something that should be accessible to everyone. And we hate to think that there might be a citizen who's eligible to vote but doesn't know how how to access their rights because state state information is not in English or, excuse mm-hmm. me, not in other languages. So that's the first thing we've done, um, not in English. And we hope to kind of expand that and continue to get our materials translated. It gets difficult. Obviously, Spanish is a is a, a, a language that a lot of people speak. Uh, who are English speakers, who aren't English speakers. Uh, after that, it, you know, it, French, you know, it's like yeah. it, it becomes more difficult to mm-hmm. uh, focus on uh, various uh, uh, ethnic groups, right? Yeah. Who yeah. are different speakers because there are so many dialects and things of this nature. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So, and outside of English, Spanish is like, I think, the second highest mm-hmm. spoken language in South Dakota. Um, so that made the most sense to us to start with that. And, you know, maybe we'll expand it into other languages. We'll kind of see how it goes. Do you think that there are issues with disenfranchised voters? Like, I mean, we talk about, uh, for instance, in the South mm-hmm. with uh, lots of Voting Rights Act stuff there. There are voting rights uh, issues on reservations. Yes. Um, do you think there are people in the city? that are essentially disenfranchised for one reason or another, whether it's language or access or you know, identification or what have you? Yeah, I, th- I think there probably are. You know, it's it's a lot harder to get a specific count of how many people are, are disenfranchised for reasons that are other than sort of legal categories, such as people with a felony record who haven't finished their sentence or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but we know there are people out there who either you know, don't have the information they need. They don't have access to to things that they can read on state government or state documents, um, as well as people who don't have a ride to the polls. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're trying to do our best to make it so that everyone who wants to vote and is eligible to vote can get that done. Do you think that early voting helps that? I, I mean, think so. You know, you can actually you, you have a better window if you are doing what you're doing, which is just trying to get people to vote without without concern for who they're, what they're voting for, mm-hmm. um, you have this, you can help them early vote rather than having everything crammed into that one. Yeah. Day. And I mean, I think what we've seen in South Dakota is not necessarily on par um, with some states where you've got these big, long lines. But that is certainly, you know, on election day, lines get a little bit longer mm-hmm. and people have jobs or they have kids or they have places to go and be so they maybe can't wait all day. Um, so having things like early voting where someone can get in and get out and don't have to worry about if I don't vote today, then I don't get to vote, um, I think is huge. There's still some of us that put it off. <laughs> I do. I love voting on Election Day. There's something yeah. about the excitement of it. Um, but because of everything we have going on, I do still have to early vote this year. I haven't done it yet, but I will. See, that's, I always say I'm going to early vote. I'm going to get down there. Because you can go uh, just down to the courthouse. Yeah. You go down there. You vote. Boom. You're out. Right? The county administration building. Yes, I'm sorry. It's not the courthouse. Not the, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. No, People you're right. wandering around <laughs> trying to vote in the courtroom. No, at the administration building, the big bended one. Yes, not an attractive building. And uh, um, you go there. Well, you know, and then it comes down. And, I'm like, ah, and you can do it like even, I think, on Election Day, maybe in the morning. There's a cutoff. But it's very, very late. Yeah. Yeah. At and least up to the day before the election. Yes. And I have had on more than one occasion had to scramble to get to the voting, my voting place before it closed. Yes. Now. That's just dumb. Well, and there is actually a little known fact is that there is a state law in South Dakota Mm -hmm. that um, requires that your employer give you time off. It's kind of nuanced, though. If you if it would be practically impossible for you to get to the polls, Mm -hmm. 
um, then you can request in advance that your employer give you time off to vote. They don't have to pay you, um, but there is a state law on that. So if your boss is giving you grief, make sure to cite that state law. That's not my problem. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. It's just you. Oh, my geez, I forgot to vote. <laughs> you know, that's that's what it is all the time. Or, oh, my geez, that line is long. Um, we're talking with Libby Screen. She is the public policy director with the ACLU. And we're going to come right back and chat more about uh, a big pot of money they just got. <laughs> I know. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we're talking to Libby Skerritt. Oh, I almost uh, got all the way oh through. Oh, my jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my jeez. I screwed up Libby Screen's name. She's public policy director for the ACLU of South Dakota, and uh, we've been talking about a lot of election stuff and, uh, you know, your individual rights. But I saw this little news story not so long ago. Uh, that uh, the ACLU uh, was in this big court fight over uh, parties, independent parties, and uh, you won. Yes. Uh, and then you won the court costs, yes. which totaled, uh, or lawyer's fees, which totaled $612,000 straight out of the state coffers, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was, uh, it all stemmed from... SB 69, which was a bill passed in 2015. That was the very first bill that I ever really lobbied on and really worked on. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that it just got wrapped up now. Yeah. So what year? 2015. 2015. Yes, was the year that it passed. And uh, that bill did what? So that, well, it was a big bill. Um, but the portion that we cared about was related to the ability of newly forming and third parties to get on the ballot um, and to nominate their candidates by convention. Um, we flagged this issue for the legislature and the legislative committees while it was going through the process. We said, hey, this is a problem. We think this violates the First and the 14th Amendment. Here's how we would suggest that you fix it. Um, it's an issue that actually had been litigated in South Dakota before, I think in 1984, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, in which the court said, hey, yeah, this is this is how this works. This is what you need to do. Um, unfortunately, the legislature chose not to heed our advice, and they passed the law, and then we ended up in court, and now it's wrapped up. And so the issue is exactly what? So it's we're talking about the Libertarian Party, the Constitution Party, things like this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the, the what the what the legislature did to uh, keep them from nominating uh, candidates at convention, yes. right? So that's so you don't have to have a primary, right? And they put them basically on the same timeline. As the major parties, which if you look at the history of third parties and newly forming parties, historically they often are, they often form after primaries because the major parties will pick their candidates, mm -hmm. it will cause a big stir, and people will break off and form their own party. So you're really kind of squelching their rights um, to put up their own candidates and to have people give people the ability to vote for the people who they really want. Um, and the timeline that, that they were setting up in that bill and in South Dakota was much longer, much more in advance than almost any other state. Um, so there was a lot of evidence that, A, this would prevent these parties from getting on the ballot, um, and B, our timeline was just way out of whack. Um, and uh, I'm going to say this because you probably can't say this, but essentially what you're talking about here is the Republican Party trying to keep people off the ballot that take their votes because – you're talking about libertarians and constitution party in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. right? And typically, it's not the Greens. Right. I mean, in, in theory, it could be if there's some brand new mm -hmm. I love pizza party that wants right. to form. But in South Dakota, it tends to be the libertarians and the constitution party because they don't get enough votes to remain a full time party. So mm -hmm. they have to reform every cycle. 
And there are, uh, for instance, I believe it was the uh, Johnson Thune race when Kurt Evans maybe was in that race. And people believe that, uh, you know, Kurt Evans got like three or four or five percent. Well, that's why John Thune lost, which True. is not yeah. a which is a legitimate argument. Sure. That that's but you can't keep him off the ballot because so now you've got Republicans controlling the legislature. They're going to do everything they can to keep libertarians and Constitution Party off the ballot. Which is a problem. That's and the cynical view. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. And, I, you know, I kind of file this. This isn't the sort of thing that the ACLU typically gets a lot of attention for. It's what I would file sort of under the boring but important mm-hmm. category because it is a really important issue. And people should have the right to get on the ballot and to vote for who they want. And we shouldn't be stacking the deck in favor of the major parties or the major party. But you ha- they have the power, so they're going to pass that stuff. And that's why you end up in court. Yeah, which, I mean, I think the whole thing was really frustrating um, looking back on it because what we wanted to get done in that bill was so small and would have been so easy to fix and saved all this heartburn and, you know, $600,000 worth of taxpayer Mm -hmm. money. Um, And at least in my job, I always approach things wanting to find a policy solution. I don't want to end up in court when we're making the law. Let's just do it right. And then Mm -hmm. we avoid the problems. Um, So the fact that this snowballed into something that ended up being so expensive, you know, could have been avoided. Oh, absolutely. And the fact is, and I think you said earlier, there was not only did it appear to be in violation of the First and Fourteenth Amendments, but there had been precedent to suggest that in the state of South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) They just ignored it. Yeah. Because you're the ACLU and you're just a bunch of leftist hoo-hahs, right? I mean, I think that could be part of it. It was my first year lobbying, um, you know, so I'm sure they thought, who the heck is this little girl and I don't need to listen to her. And well. Oh, go on, girly. <laughs> yes. All those, no, all those people are gone, right? They're not in the legislature anymore? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so you guys, so the way this worked was it ended up in federal court mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, Judge Pearsall ordered the state to pay $612,000 in attorney's fees and $7,500 in legal costs. It was your attorneys, but also some private attorneys. Yep. How did that work? Um, So typically um, on cases, we like to have both ACLU attorneys and local counsel. Um, So we work with various law firms and various um, attorneys across the state who might either be interested in the case or have specific expertise um, and kind of approach it as a legal team that way. And uh, in this case, it was Robbins Kaplan, which people may know here because they opened an office not so long ago and hired Brendan Johnson. Yes, yes, absolutely. Was Brendan Johnson on this case or was some flunky? Yep, he was was local counsel. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So those guys, so Brendan Johnson said, here, you guys just take this money. I don't need it. I don't know exactly how it works. Probably. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm the policy person, not the the attorney. So that's a lot of money six hundred twelve thousand dollars put that in perspective in terms of i mean how in terms of fundraising uh <laughs> how much do you guys raise from other sources N- not six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> so this is the most money you've ever gotten i think since i've been here yeah probably so the largest donation to the aclu of south dakota is from the state of south dakota uh, one could say that are you going to make a plaque or something you know i think that might be being a sore winner so uh, probably yeah, not. you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> They wouldn't enjoy it. And, you know, in in all honesty, you were just trying to do your job. Yes. And you guys get uh, uh, a bad reputation for always wanting to go to court, but that's not what you want. I don't, yeah, I don't want to go to court. Give me the work. Let me do my job and let's work together and be nerdy and find the best policy we can for the most people in the state. And nobody will ever have to deal with it again. Yeah. 
Just to review, elections coming up. Tonight is the only attorney general debate between Randy Seiler and uh, uh, Roundsburg, Jason Roundsburg. That's on public broadcasting, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain Swinging Time. Mm-hmm. On uh, radio, we think maybe radio, but all TV for sure. So that's the only chance you get to hear from these people. You're doing election day rides. Mm-hmm. You're doing a voter hotline. Uh, you've got your, you've got all your materials out there, mm-hmm. and and just for folks out there, the stuff's on our Twitter feed at P Lally Show. But the 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 voter hotline is what? The voter hotline on election day, seven a.m. to eight p.m. Central. The number is six zero five three six eight. Zero six four four, and uh, any other things that you need from uh, the ACLU of South Dakota? You got a lovely website. Yes, aclusd.org. And uh, you have a phone number just to the office if people need anything. We do, and that number, off the top of my head, is six zero five three three two two five zero eight. That's awesome, Libby Screen. She's the public policy director for the ACLU of South Dakota. She's here uh, about every second Thursday. That's the way it's working. So we're going to try and have her back again real soon after the election. We'll talk about how everything went. Libby, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat about what's coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, my geez, we're almost out of time. All programs. Coming up on the program tomorrow, Avera eCare CEO Deanna Larson will be here to discuss the Helmsley Trust grant that will bring behavioral health services to rural areas of South Dakota. And the Buffalo Maiden is our weird friend of the day. Oh my geez, come on back. Information 1000 KSOLs.